now, it's Thursday Finance with Stephen Pritchard, Certified Accountant, Stockbroker and Financial Planner. And Stephen Pritchard, today, well, we're going to look at it, financial planning for a particular group of people. Yes, we're going to look at financial planning for baby boomers. Baby boomers. I'm not quite sure what that age group is, but we'll say pre-retirees. Okay, sounds good. Are we worried about the market going plop, plop down a little bit this morning? No, I don't think we're worried. I think it's buying opportunities here. Buying opportunities. There we go. As long as we're not travelling, because the dollar's been doing a bit of dropping as well. Oh, the dollar's been dropping, the market's been dropping, local stocks have been dropping, and some fuel prices. Also dropping. Very marginally dropped. Something to be excited about, (laughs) after all. Uh, 0.1 of a cent. What about things like gold? How's that going? Gold's down $10.44 an ounce to um, $1,680 an ounce. Yep. Uh, Copper is $8,870 a tonne, which is up $54.70 a tonne. And the crude oil price is uh, $117.11 a barrel, which is down Mm $4.43. The currencies and commodities, the currency price, sorry, currencies, uh, the Australian dollar is down um, uh, two cents against, 0.2 against the US dollar, 70.55, so it's getting close to Mm. 70, breaching the 70 cents against. Uh, against the Great British Pound, we're down almost one pence to 53.46 pence. Against the Euro, we're down uh, 0.439% to 61.21 Euro cents. So, more expensive trips overseas. Mm, yes, they are, aren't they? Who can afford them anyway. So, uh, the market. Equity market, so we're all, poor, we're all poorer there. Yep. Um, the All Ordinaries was down um, 130 points on the week to 6,163. So I think at one stage it retraced all the gains since the beginning of the year. Uh-huh. Um, the S&P 500 was down 115.9 points to 2,785 and the UK index was down 272 points to 7,145. Mm-hmm. Um, Local stocks, local stocally stocks, held stocks. Local held stocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, C Reading here as well. Right. BHP was down sixty nine cents to thirty four dollars and seventy two. That's uh, actually still quite quite good in comparison oh, with a few it was months a month ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah being a big holder of BHP like you. Oh, of course, yes. Yes. Um, (laughs) Quite. Something that's not as good as it was a few months ago is uh, is, um, CBA was down 95 cents on the week uh, to $68.97. So it's continuing to uh, drift downwards. Um, Mm. NIB was down 19 cents to $5.52. There's concern about um, the future of government changes in the health Ah, industry. Okay. And uh, Tolstra was uh, $3.21, which was down four cents. Uh, the fuel price in Newcastle was $1.55.8 cents a litre compared to a $1.55.9 cents a litre. So yeah, okay. We're in school holidays here, Jane. And uh, Sydney is $1.54.1 uh, compared to $1.60. One, so that, that's down seven cents since then. Okay. Um, the diesel in new price in Newcastle is dollar fifty nine, and in Sydney is dollar fifty eight. With Henry Jennings, who's senior commentator with the Marcus Today Financial Newsletter. Hi, Henry. Hi, Stephen. You 
still here. I'm still here, but there's lots still of... standing. There's lots of reading there today. <laughs> there is an awful lot of reading. It's been a, it's been a red ink week. Yes. We, we started badly on Monday and didn't get any better on Tuesday and had a brief reprieve yesterday and it's just got worse today. I was talking to one of my clients on the way in and um, um, he's, he's going through his list of more bargains he can buy. All right, OK. Yeah. Well, there's the, it's certainly we've got the David Jones sale on at the moment, that's for sure. That's right. You have to buy your <laughs> straw hats in the winter. Well, that's exactly right. You've got to be uh, greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. That's right. So there's a bit of greed going on down at Green Cross and MYAB again? Um, well, yeah, private equity, which is um, has, has been um, quite a, a big force, I guess, in, uh, in Australia and takeovers, is back, and it's back with a gusto. It's um, it's really had a, a big swipe in the last uh, last little while, I guess. They, they've lobbed a bid for, uh, this is KKR, um, have lobbed a bid for MYOB. Um, so that's, that's one. Um, there's also been, that's a, sort of a $2 billion uh, bid, I think it is. Uh, what's it, $2.6 billion takeover bid from KKR. Um, and then, of course, we've got Green Cross, which is the, uh, the pets and vets um, business. Um, you know, those big pet barns that we see around the place. Um, Rumour has it that the private equity guys are also interested in Green Cross, have had a go at it before, um, so it's not out of the question, and they certainly have said that they've been engaged with a number of uh, parties, and they've stressed a number of parties in terms of some sort of change of ownership uh, deal. And um, we've also had an offer for Navitas as well from a private equity um consortium i guess you'd call it um so again there's there's a lot of activity in this uh, m&a space that the, the consortium involved in navitas is called bgh mm. ben gray uh which is he's an ex macquarie guy um and they've teamed up with uh australian super to put together this bid along with the um along with one of the founders of navitas which is an education provider so um there, there's a lot of money around doesn't seem to be finding its way into the market today because it's all red, but there's certainly private equity guys are pretty keen on picking up some of these, uh, I guess, strategic assets at the moment, putting it, that money to work. It's interesting that, that Australian super's now now becoming far more active in their investments. I mean, they're, they're actually trying to take over companies to run them. Yeah, uh, I guess that they're, they're doing it in conjunction with other people. Yeah. But it is interesting that they are looking at uh, being a more, I guess, they're being a more aggressive investor. Um, I did put a list today in the um, in the newsletter on companies where they have big shareholdings, and one of those was um, was HealthScope, which is mm-hmm. looking a little interesting. They've, there's been a few goes at that one as well over the years for private equity, and I guess that's not out of the question. They've got a big hospital opening in uh, in Sydney near near where I live. Yes. Uh, in in the next couple of weeks. So if you have any health problems, you'll be right, Henry. Uh, well, yes. That, well, it's a longer drive now to the hospital. Oh, is it? Oh, that's no good. Yes, there's a much, yeah. much swankier hospital, though, apparently. Uh, hospitals are the places you want to avoid, I'm telling you. There's, you, there, you tend to go in, even if you're healthy, you get sick in hospitals. <laughs> yes. And Too then, many germs around the place. Well, apparently people weren't getting sick enough for the funeral providers, though. There, there no, was, this is there was weird, today. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Invocare had a bit of a, a bit of a shocker. Good news for um, good news for, for people, but not so good news for uh, for Invocare, which um, 
saw um, the rate of deaths fall, uh, attributing it to a milder winter and also um, a milder flu season. It seems that uh, people have actually gone out and got their flu vaccinations and that the strain of vaccine that they got this year seems to have been far better at fending off the dreaded lurgy Mm -hmm. um, and especially the the, the really nasty one, man flu, Mm -hmm. um, than uh, than previous vaccines. So, yeah, InvoCare had a bit of a profit downgrade on the back of that. They've been doing a number of acquisitions recently and trying to roll up um, some of these mum and dad funeral uh, operators. But the um, the share price, which was once kind of that sort of guaranteed, you know, people are always going to die, they're always going to have funerals routine, has been under a serious amount of pressure for this year. It's fallen from about 18 bucks to, to nearly 11 bucks. So, um, yeah, death does not become them. Mm. I, know, I know a funeral... Um, business owner and he's been telling me for years that there's going to be this catch-up because people are living longer and the the, 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 the termination dates keep getting put out so to speak and they, the funeral he keeps talking about this catch-up that's going to occur but he's been talking about it for 10 years oh so what was he reckon they're all going to come at once well he thinks like that, yeah, well, well people are getting these bypasses and things and they well, you would have usually passed away but now they're living another 10 years or so yeah. I think it's all just been extended, but I don't think that's right. He's been telling me that for years. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, we're, we're never going to live forever, but, um, yeah. so, um, yeah, which is probably just as well. The planet will be full. Yes. Um, so, um, yeah, but it's, it's certainly a, a bit of an impact for a stock like InvoCare, which relies on yeah. um, people getting sick and dying. And what about the banks? I, I thought I'd talk oh. about that. So then I get a... Then I, <laughs> I actually thought it was A&P who was charging the debt, but anyhow, the banks have decided they're not going to charge the debt anymore. Well, that, that's, that's very big of them. Um, yeah, I guess the, the problem for the banks, and it is a problem, is that you know when, when, when one of your loved ones dies, the first phone call you make is probably not to the bank or your no. um, you know the, the super provider or your financial planner and say, you know what, poor old Jim... You know, I'm afraid he's died. Can you stop charging me? It's probably the last thing on your mind. Yeah. Um, NABs, I think, uh, uh, CBA rather reviewed. I think it was 140,000 accounts um, and found 12 had been charged. Uh, they've been charging dead people in error. What, what I found staggering, um, and it was again uh, reiterated by Matt Common this morning in front of the parliamentary committee, is that. You know, there's 500 senior managers in Commonwealth Bank, and between them, they'd all foregone uh, bonuses of more than a hundred million dollars. That is a lot of money. Yeah, it's a huge. Amount. That is a lot of money. I mean, they, they're all crying poor that you know we've had to <laughs> had to wear our hair shirts, and uh, you know we're not going to charge dead people anymore, and we're doing all the right things. But 500 senior managers. And a hundred million dollars in bonus payments that's not what they got that's what they foregone mm. it, I, the numbers are just you know these guys make thirty billion dollars out of twenty five million people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's you know that's over a thousand bucks of profit yeah. not just income a thousand bucks of profit every year for every man woman and child that lives in this country yeah so there's proposed changes to the issue of hybrid securities. So, so CBA yes. seems to be wanting to get in before this all occurs. Um, it looks like it. They're trying to uh, knock out a, a lazy one billion dollar uh, hybrid issue to investors. Um, it's kind of been a long time 
in the planning, so they say. Um, this is going to replace one of their existing, uh, what they call pearls, mm-hmm. uh, which is a perpetual, exchangeable, and resaleable, listed, subordinated, and unsecured note. It just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? I'm surprised you could remember it. I'm surprised I could as well. Um, <laughs> but um, there's going to be replacing one of these. Um, I guess the, the problem the banks have got is that um, you know they have to keep their balance sheets in a very strong position with their CET1 ratios. Um, and the fact of having to pay out all this money to um, aggrieved customers, um, APRA, ASIC, all these fines, remediation, they've got class actions coming out of their yin-yangs, but they have to replace that capital, and these hybrids do um, count as part of their capital requirement for their common equity tier one capital, uh, which is around 10.7, which is pretty good. Um, so this is going to replace some of those um, those deals that are falling off. And, you know, there's going to be, if, if, if we see a change in uh, government, there's going to be some big changes, I would imagine, in a lot of things um, in terms of these sorts of products, hybrids, um, you know, the whole franking thing, capital, you know, there's going to be some big changes. So maybe they're trying to get in quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they're not allowed to sell these uh, hybrid type securities to investors in the UK or the US, I think. No, no. Well, and everyone, you know, everyone always assumes that they're pretty safe and, um, you know, they're just, you know, just like having money at the bank, except that you're getting a higher rate of interest. But there are some unique features of each particular one, and they're not always as safe as you think they are. So, you know, you have to be a little bit careful and read the, uh, the PDS yep. uh, before um, you get involved with them. If you can, if if you can if you can be bothered, I guess wading through the seventy-four pages of lawyer speak that's mm-hmm. that's designed to confuse and and obscure. Mm-hmm. And so the West Australian government's uh, proposing to sell their tab. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess they're trying to sell everything that they can in uh, WA. They've had, a, a, I guess, a, a recent win if they can get it through with the GST, but certainly. You know they um, they um, have had some uh, some budget budgetary issues, so uh, maybe they're um, they're looking to, to sell off this. They're, they're hoping for up to 500 million bucks. Um, of course, we've had lots of fun and games with the racing industry this this week. So um, the um, it's it's kind of um, <laughs> it's been an interesting week for racing. But um, they're uh, they're talking about a new racing infrastructure fund and reform packages and all that sort of stuff. And we spoke earlier, there's some buying opportunities in the, the market today with the fall in the share price. Yeah, I mean, our market's had a pretty uh, steep fall this morning. It's, it's it's off the bottom. I guess that's the best you can say about it. But we have slipped from 59, well, we're now 59.40. So we're down, what's that, 240-odd points in a week, which is um, not a particularly good performance. Uh, the, the selling has been concentrated in the
is rising interest rates, and that is certainly something we are seeing in the U.S., and they have got very frothy in terms of some of their valuations, especially in their tech stocks, and we've kind of followed. Um, so I, I think we've got some uh, some consolidation to do, and there are some risks out there still. So I wouldn't be rushing in just yet, but um, you know, it's certainly starting to look a little bit more attractive than it did uh, three or four weeks ago. Mm. And some surprise, or at least it was surprising to me, is that... Uh, Belinda Gibson, the former ASIC deputy chairman, is going to join GetSwift. Yes. And as part of the deal, she's getting the 300,000 options. Well, it, that, that sounds like the, uh, the gamekeeper turned poacher, doesn't it? Yes. Um, GetSwift got themselves into an awful lot of trouble um, earlier. Well, yeah, I guess um, last year it was now. God, the years flown by. Um, but they got themselves into an awful lot of trouble with some of their... Um, pronouncements about how things were going and contracts they'd signed. Um, they've been in the rehab clinic for some time. Uh, they've been they're out of ICU and they are in the rehab clinic and they have sort of clawed their way back up to around 56 cents and they, they did get down to uh, you know the 30s at one stage. So they've done better but it's it's a long way to go. Clearly um, Belinda Gibson is um, is entranced with the whole thing and um, you know, it, it's a it's a tick of approval, I guess, that someone of her uh, clout, her background, and her qualifications is uh, is happy to uh, to join. Uh, of course, there is that nice incentive as well, which always helps. But um, it does head them in the right direction, I guess. Corporate governance and some of these stocks is um, is sadly lacking. They're they're very good at concentrating on their business, um, and they're very good at you know the whole startup thing. But sometimes the whole corporate governance thing is 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 kind of um, just a little bit too hard for some of these companies. It's just they're not used to the whole culture of being a, a listed company and the requirements and all that sort of stuff. And it's it's just a hard area, I guess, to navigate for some of them. And yes. GetSwift was one of them. That's right. Well, it'll be interesting to see how GetSwift ends up. So we'll we'll, mm. be, we'll be back next week with another. We will. Um, well, we're taking a look now at financial planning for baby boomers, Stephen Pritchard. Yes, I'm not quite sure what age limit baby, baby boomers, boomers are, yeah. so we'll just change that to we'll go away from the marketing name and call it pre-retirement. Pre-retirement, but baby boomers sounds baby. so good. If you're a baby boomer and you're pre-retirement, this is for you. Yes, even better if you're a Generation Z and pre-retirement. Uh, in fact, it's good for everybody. What's the first thing we need to Okay, the think first thing about? we need to look at is your estate planning, which basically means to start, look at your will. Um, lots of people uh, still don't have wills, and lots of wills are um, made a long time ago, and mm. so you need to review that. And, and estates are getting quite large now. Before, before you know, there might have just been the house, which just went to the wife, um, but now the house is suddenly worth, you know... Lots. Mega. A million, a million dollars isn't... Even mm. in Adamstown now, you know, who'd have thought you'd get a million dollar house, which isn't unusual. Um, so you've got a million dollars there, 300 in super, say, both husband and wife work, so it wouldn't be unusual to have an estate, you know, mm. getting up towards $2 million. So you need to think about your estate, where the money wants to go, um, where you want the money to go, and make sure your will's drafted to achieve those those ends um, and of course if you get married 
um, that automatically uh, cancels out your will but a divorce doesn't. So you need to think about changes in life as well and yep. whether your will needs to be updated for that. Yep. Um, the next thing is the power of attorney. A power of attorney is an important document. Um, if you're, if you're um, going away for any amount of time, yep. lots of people seem to, be, seem to be going on these long trips. I had a client ring me up the other day. They're going on some trip on a boat and they're not going to be back to February. And this... These 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 trips that used to be you know three weeks, which you'd think was long, now seem to have extended out to two months and three months and four yes. months. And how many people are travelling around Australia, for example? That's uh, probably yeah. another example that takes several. So, so so you need to think about giving some powers of attorney to your person in the family. Even Who's su- on the spot? Yeah. Even such simple things is. Um, your insurance has come up for renewal while you're away and you've forgotten about it. Unless the unless the your son or your daughter, whoever's got the power of attorney, and you want to change the policy, the insurance company just won't do anything, mm. uh, and, and neither will anyone else. Telstra won't do anything. So you need to get a powers of attorney in place and think about who's you're going to give them to. And you probably need to also, when you're going to lawyer, ask for an enduring power of attorney. So an enduring power of attorney keeps going if you lose your mental facilities. Mm-hmm. Faculties. Mm-hmm. And so you don't need to make a special provision if somebody does. That's right. So in that situation. Get, and then there's, of course, the enduring guardianship. Um, that that comes into force if you have to be put into a nursing home or, 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 or you have some other mental incapacity. So those are the three most important documents you need to you need to look at. And I think you probably need to regularly review those every time there's a major life change. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's, you know personally or assets or whatever. Um, now, coming up to retirement, you need to think about um, what you're going to live on and how you're going to structure your finances coming up to that. Yeah, that's pretty important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so the first thing you need to do is you need to look at what your personal debts are mm-hmm. um, because generally when you're in retirement for the average person, um, they, they need to look at reducing their debts and hopefully when you get to retirement, you've got no debts. So you need to look at what your what your mortgage is, if you've still got one, what, how are you going to get that paid off by the time you get to retirement, um, any personal loans or car loans or credit cards. You need to have a look at how you're going to get all those things paid off before you get to retirement. So that's, that, that, that's probably why it's better to start planning this five to ten years before your actual retirement date to get your finances in order. Um, and then, of course, uh, do you need to top up your superannuation? And this is all going to come back to what type of lifestyle you want in retirement. Um, and, and there's a couple of people around who provide various statistics so on, on what type of income you need in retirement. So a couple who, who wants to have a moderate lifestyle needs approximately 60000 a year to live, mm-hmm. so we're led to believe. So you then need to work out how much capital you need in your superannuation fund to, to meet those requirements. Now, there's still a limit in the amount of money you can have in your superannuation uh, fund? There's, 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 there's no kind of limit to what you can have in your superannuation fund, but there's limits on contributions. So you can put in up to 25000 a year in um, deductible contributions, which includes contributions you make yourself or contributions that you make your employer makes provided you make the uh, work test, which seems to be changing again. So I don't know what the work test is. Okay. <laughs> There's a whole lot of new legislation on that in the Senate, so 
I don't know what it is this week, but you know, just check before you put the additional contributions in. Um, or there's a bring forward will which lets you put um, up to three hundred thousand in, and also there's the other. Uh, so additional. that means three hundred thousand. Three lots of one hundred thousand, so you can put three years contribution right. in one, subject to certain. Um, requirements to need to meet yes. and it's also the additional downsizing rule on the sale of your house you can contribute some of that to um, your superannuation fund okay and there's some strict rules around that as well so you need to need to think about that's that's sort of looking on your house as being partially an investment an asset and well, putting it into yeah, another so, people talk about um in inverted commas, downsizing. So, yeah. so they've got this view. They've got this house out in the suburbs, and they don't want to look after it anymore. And then they they're going to move to a to a smaller thing, which seems these days to be an apartment in the city. And the the downsizing thought comes in that we'll have this money left over, and then you can contribute that to super. Well, you need to do maths because quite often you don't actually have any money left over with the okay. price of the. With the thing in the city, the yeah, because you know, you've got city. your stamp duty on the yeah. purchase, your yeah. agents' commission, your legal fees, big costs. Yeah. yeah, so so that's ways you can get additional money into super. You need to work out how much you need to get into super to fund your lifestyle. Right, um, and your lifestyle, of course, refers to Is, all the things you want uh, to do. Groceries. Yeah. Oh, well, what that's sort basic. of car you want yep. to drive? Yep. How much you want to give to the children and grandchildren if that's what you do mm-hmm. uh holidays mm-hmm. are you going to go up to uh up to nelson bay for your christmas holidays or or or, or um somewhere exotic like fiji or the uk for a white christmas mm-hmm. yeah so well, all those mm. all those things need to be to be worked out and considered so you need, of course, to allow for a new car too, don't you? For every now and again, but not every year. Oh, some people want new cars every year. Well, some people do. Yeah, so, <laughs> so things like, yeah, your new car um, and your new car and other major expenses like that. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing is we always think about is when, when you're when you're doing your uh, superannuation, you need to think about the asset allocation in your superannuation fund, and this is this is quite important because the last thing you want is to have all your your superannuation money, money invested in so-called growth assets, and there's a downturn in the market, and you're forced to sell these growth assets to fund your day-to-day living expenses. So we we've always got this kind of general policy in the firm to make sure that there's three years of pension payments holding in cash or fixed interest type term deposits or something within the super funds that we're advising on to ensure that there's money always available to pay your pensions without having to sell the shares or the property or these other assets that are subject to market fluctuations. So they, you don't want them to be down when you want to sell because that's you right. want to so, get the So you need to have this cash return. buffer that's, yeah. that's going to yeah. pay your basic pension. You know that's set aside. You know that's... Mm as secure as you can get and you're going to get that coming in each uh, month or so Mm. and you don't have to worry about the rest of the portfolio on a short-term basis. Okay, baby boomers plus Gen Z. um, That is what you are doing and everybody. So um, thank you for that, Stephen Pritchard. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.